Hey guys, my name is Nora Franch and welcome to the podcast, Grateful Blessed Mess, daily reflections for those in the 12 steps. I am a fellow 12-stepper and certified mindset coach, and I am here to introduce you to the value of mindset coaching in your 12-step journey. So if you feel like you are stuck in the steps, if you're slipping and sliding with your abstinence, mindset coaching may help you as it did me, and you can find me at catholicmindsetcoaching.com. These episodes are meant to invite you in to consider the truths of 12-step wisdom and to join in the very real struggle of living them in action. I hope that it feels almost like a mini meeting, and I invite you to contribute your own share on the Grateful Blessedness Facebook group to keep the discussion going. My comments are based on my own experience, so feel free to take what you like and leave the rest. But my hope is to encourage you on your own daily 12-step journey. As they say, you cannot stay clean on yesterday's shower. So without further ado, let's begin. We are reading from the OA Reader, Voices of Recovery, page 217, August 4th. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step 6. Step 6 is about change. It reminds me of a broken arm that has been set improperly, still defective and practically useless. A good surgeon could carefully re-break that arm and reset it so it would function perfectly. However, such an operation would be quite painful and could require many months to heal. Step six suggests removing old destructive habits. One of my old habits was eating food that would stick to my ribs. I also experienced dramatic emotional swings. It has taken me many years to change old eating habits and emotional reactions. But my higher power was the very skilled surgeon and he has helped by the members of Overeaters Anonymous. Though the process was often painful, it resulted in a useful, happy life. I have learned that when the pain of where I am is worse than the fear of where I'm going, I welcome change. I really like that. I really, really like that. When the pain of where I am is worse than the fear of where I'm going, I welcome change. I think, honestly, that's why I walked in the door of my first meeting. Because the pain of where I was was worse than the fear of whatever I would find there on the other side of that door. And I'm grateful for that now. At the time, you know, it did not feel like a happy moment. But he talks about... I'm just going with it being a he. (laughs) The person who wrote this talks about having dramatic emotional swings. And I think that that is a common issue in the rooms. And I think that's a common issue that lends itself to addictive behavior is because our emotions just seem so unruly and wild and hard to wrangle and out of our control that that we either want to escape them or dull them so they're not so loud and strong. I just don't think we're taught. I don't think anyone's really taught, not very many people these days are taught that they are the head of their emotions, that they are in control, that they are the one who says, what goes 
And it's interesting because like the way we're made is that it's, you know, in large part, our thoughts can lead to our emotions. Aside from like the unconscious, I would say, which is a massive part of the person, but of the part of our lives, of our cognitive experience that we are aware of, it is our thoughts that lead to our emotions. And we can choose our thoughts. And that is incredibly empowering. It's it's a both and. It's a little scary because then it's like, oh, so I'm the only one who can fix this. <laughs> That's great. I was really hoping someone else could do that for me. <laughs> But at the same time, it's very empowering because you are the one who can create the change that you want to see in your life. Granted, you will probably need a good amount of support and someone helping you, you know, guide you and, and walk you through those changes. And that's what program and sponsor, sponsorship and the steps are for. But it is good news. And now back about step six. I really think this is cool, this image of a broken arm that hadn't been set properly because, like, that's what my best efforts did. Like, growing up and in adolescence and early adulthood, things would happen, things that weren't good or nice, and I would get through them as best that I could or knew how. And it, there could have been better ways where it would, you know, the brokenness would have set properly but that would have required me, I mean, it could have been beyond my control, but also something that I never did or had rarely ever did was go to people to ask for help or to talk through things. For some reason, I thought that either I was supposed to have it figured out or I just didn't know you could talk about these things. And so I was just haphazardly or, you know, slapsticking my way through problems and through emotional upheavals. And because of that, I didn't get to grow very much from them. And then moving past them, like what I could put back together was so wonky that it wasn't very, it wasn't really something smooth to go back to or to propel me forward. And so this is what the 12 steps do. They take us back to every improperly set broken experience and we get to rework it with the help of our higher power and all the people in program. And, you know, wound upon wound that was caused, that either I did it or someone on the outside did to me, that didn't heal properly, I get to go back to and rework. And we do this very slowly. And I get very frustrated by the slowness of the process. But if you think about it, if it was done all at once, like – when a surgeon goes in and just snaps it and resets it, you need general anesthesia for that amount of pain. <laughs> and if you are if you are unconscious, you can't do this work. So we can't sedate ourselves anymore because it is the sedating that will delay your healing. And when we engage in our substance of choice, we are sedating our emotional world and we won't be able to heal and walk through it and get beyond it and get to the other side. So we have to do it slowly or else the pain would overwhelm us. And even 
doing it slowly, I can vouch from my own experience that it's it can be very painful and very uncomfortable or unsettling. And so I know, and that's just like walking through this one piece at a time. I know that I can't handle the whole shebang, even though I want to just for the purposes of like being better and getting past and moving on. But I know that my physical self wouldn't be able to tolerate it. So it has to be slow, slow and steady. I think that's another saying in program. (laughs) Easy does it. That's one. Easy does it. Your time, the time will pass. You'll get to things as you're supposed to, and you'll work through it gradually because that is what creates lasting change. That's what will remove and rework old destructive habits. And although the habit of using our substance of choice is insanely strong, you will work through that. We need the 12 steps. We need the fellowship to get through that and keep that away. But once that has quieted down, we will get to rework all the thought patterns, all the all the beliefs, all the ways of thinking, all the assumptions about the world, and all the wounds that actually led to us giving way to our addiction because that was the best solution we could come up with. So it's one step at a time. And you know, someone brought up to me the other day, like the um, low success rate of of people in the 12 steps. And I got a little curious and started Googling it. And it was funny because I found this article that was not very kind to 12 steps. And it claimed that the program doesn't work. Um, Look at the low success rates, you know, for people, you know, doctors send people to this stuff all the time, which I don't know if that's true or not. But, you know, people, people tout about the, the value of the 12 steps and hurrah, hurrah. And look at the low success rate. And I had a different view on that. My view is that, yeah, there is a low success rate because it is challenging. It is challenging. And the work is hard. And it's rigorous. And, you know, like we said in another podcast, maybe there are other ways that people can get well and move forward. But I don't think is that the 12 steps aren't effective. I think it's that people get intimidated by the steps. And so what we can do for people and what we can do for ourselves is to stick close to the fellowship. We are broken humans. Everyone walking on this planet is. But the special thing about addicts is that we are very aware of how broken we are which is actually good news because that means that we can start to do something about it. Honestly, the most dangerous place is not to know that you have issues (laughs) because then you walk around completely unaware and you'll never get to grow. And so the blessing of the mess of addiction is that we are aware of how messy we are. And the beauty of the 12 steps is to find out that there is a solution. It's work. So stay close to your fellows. Stay close to the program. Because what's going to keep you coming back is not the promise that one day you won't want to overeat or drink 
or do drugs or whatever, because that's so in the future. It's not going to keep you in, most likely, if you're anything like me. What's going to keep you in is the beauty of being seen and understood and having a place you can go to where you can be completely vulnerable and completely open and tell people I messed up or tell pe- or laugh because, you know, oh yeah, I used to do that too, or cry because you just did it yesterday. And someone will love you in exactly the place you're at. And that's what keeps you in the 12 steps. With that, I pass. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you feel that mindset coaching could help you on your 12-step journey, please feel free to reach out and find me at catholicmindsetcoaching.com. But more than that, it's important to me to give listeners like yourself a place where you do not need to feel alone on your 12-step journey. And for that reason, I've created a Facebook group. It's called Grateful Blessed Mess. And it's a place where listeners can go to add their own commentary on the share for the day in addition to my own. And for us just to have a conversation or start a back and forth where people can find support in their 12-step journey. This is not a replacement for 12-step work. This is something outside of the 12 steps. It is simply something that has a heart for the 12 steps and those who are in it. And so welcome. If you are here, chances are you may also be a bit of a mess. And I hope that you can learn to find some gratitude in the blessings that have come from your messes.